Caution. Learning in progress. Welcome back to another episode of Smarter Every Season. My name is Paul Harms. I am joined in the studio by... Nolan Kitterman. Good afternoon. Tyler Hubert. Hans Stutzman. We are excited to be back here today. Today, we're going to jump right into it because I'm hoping we have a good wild conversation. There should be plenty of good laughs and humor. But we're approaching spring, and one of the questions that came or was fed to us, challenged is probably a better idea, better, better verbiage. Challenge is a good word was how do we ask better questions? How do we how do we help get the information to get to the right answer? Hans, you and I have had this conversation a lot of times of we have good troubleshooting guides. We do. We I feel like we really do have good troubleshooting guides, but we've always kind of struggled with kind of that path of getting them to it. From the phone ring or that text message landing, how do I get from that first start of the conversation to the start of the troubleshooting guide which gets me down, there's there's that gap in there where I have to find the answer, right? Yeah, it's it's like the investigative work to understand. It's it's kind of the, uh, I mean, you kind of like you're picking a road uh, vacation trip and you got to find which road it is. And once you get the road on, then you're good to go. Once you get the directions, but how do you get to that that point? Yeah, we've used the analogy of you know, a great hunting dog, right? Mm-hmm. Hunting dog, once it finds the scent, once it's on scent, it will track that prey down. But you have to get the dog on the scent first. So, that's the hard part. That's where the hunter does a lot of their work is bringing the dog to the scent, making sure that you get the right details. That's what the diagnostician does for us in our instance. You know, what we're talking about here is that's what the person, the expert does to bring the customer onto the right troubleshooting guide. What, what did you call us? Is uh, that a diagnostician? Is that diagnostician? What? Yes. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure I heard that right. Diagnosticizer. Yeah. Diagnosticizer. <laughs> Did so I just make that up? I, I, it I, seems like a real word to me. It does, but I don't know if it is. It's settled. That's what we're calling it. Okay. <laughs> All right. right. <laughs> Put it on the board. So, Paul, to your point, I mean, if everybody hasn't kind of picked up on this by now, this is specifically talking about spring. Yes. Right? As you alluded to, spring is coming. A, a lot of, for us in product support, everything we do is handled over the phone, right? And a number of our dealers are going to have in-person interactions, but a bulk of what they do that we continued here is also done over the phone. Yeah. And so when you're there, you may want to ask some questions about maybe did you swap something or where is this part or something like this, right? But largely when you can put your hands on it and see it, a lot of those questions are, are removed. This is heavily focused on over the phone, Yeah. right? When somebody else has to be our eyes and we just kind of have to direct them on on where to go. I would say it goes more of a mind. For me, I interpreted the challenge as the farther removed I am from the original situation, the more I rely on my abilities to draw information out to get me to the right answer. So a dealer who took the order, quoted it, installed it, and is there on site has the best of all worlds, right? Has all the relevant knowledge. Now take that same dealership. First three happened from one person. But now the person, there's a second person in the situation on site, doesn't have all that background knowledge, but has to solve the problem. That's one step removed. You can get further and further back until you get to the point where you don't know the customer, a brand new person on the phone, no background. You know, here in product support, we, we deal with these scenarios quite often. So we get put in that scenario. So we've got some fair experience on being able to draw out enough information to get to the, to get that dog on the scent. Or being a diagnostician, which it says an expert in making diagnosis. So it is a word. Yay! So you didn't call me a bad name then. I did not. <laughs> it's only compliment. It, if it came off bad, it, it was meant with a good... <laughs> no, I took it that way. It was not meant bad. I took it that way. Yeah, yet, I would add to that. Uh, I mean, we true. are only a couple minutes into this That's episode. True. That's true. So no, Paul, you're right, though, in that the context of context around the in the history of around what's there your experience with the situation makes a bigger difference on how important the question is once you're there on site the questions change a little bit from investigative of what actually is going on to when did it actually happen so it changes a little bit in that context i think is is a diff- key difference between being on site versus over the phone as mm-hmm. we've talked on it so as we go into that we're going we're to focus this conversation around 
getting that dog on the scent, getting onto the right trail so we have the right troubleshooting guides. That's that investigative portion. And when we talk about questions, asking better questions, doing a better job of investigating, I would like to kind of, we're going to kind of frame this in two, two halves. One is on how we frame, formulate. I've got a note here um, from the Harvard Business Review. It was a sentence I underlined, which was the type, tone, sequence, and framing of the questions. Okay. That's, that's a strong aspect that, that really drives our abilities in this investigative process. Second half is we want to we wanna walk, walk through some concrete examples of executing that type, tone, right? going through that. So we're going to first frame it up, second go through some, some tactical how it's done. Anybody want to go first? Okay. Go for it. All right. I'll go with my, my first one. If I'm looking at the investigative process and I'm going to proffer my first coaching for asking better questions, it's starting with actively listening. Listen actively. Yeah, I actually really like that one. That's one of the great first ones that I think of to start with. Because, And it's not so much of, uh, if you're listening actively, it's not so much what they're saying is what they don't say that you can pick up on that can direct you into into a, the best path of questions to ask. Yeah. Um, so because a lot of times they might say one phrase or one word, and if you're listening, you hear it, and it totally sets you on. A, it says you. I mean, it gives you a indication of something that they don't think is important, but they hinted at something that's happening that you can pull on and to make more more sense out of that. I think I have an example. Ooh. Let's say somebody gives you a call and says. My swath is all messed up. Okay. Elaborate on that. What do you mean your swath is all messed up? Well, my 2020 doesn't seem to be swathing right. Okay. What are you seeing that makes you say your 2020 is not swathing right? At this point, I could be thinking maybe it's my swath plan. Maybe that has not been set up properly. Maybe it's my swath timing. Maybe my GPS measurements or implement measurements are off. But if somebody then says, well, when I take a look at the map, it's like all of a sudden my tractor makes like a swooping pattern. Oh, a swooping pattern. I've seen that before. It's almost like a big swirl in the middle of the map. So I might ask that, right? Is it a big swirl in the middle of the map? Yeah. Ah, okay. Now I know it's it's something to do with the GPS heading. And so we're digging into your GPS help. Yeah, that process you just explained there is exactly the example we were talking about of being able to get to the right troubleshooting guide. We have both a mm-hmm. swath and a GPS troubleshooting guide that will lead you down to the right solutions. It's that probing question to get you on the right one. And I think you nailed it. Of the first thing you have to do is start listening for those details to come out of them. Yeah, it's the it's the piece that drawing on enough to get the idea of what they're talking about. They may not know what they're talking about or what specifically they're trying to mention but their descriptions are the things that you're pulling on and the words they're using are a big piece of what it, of what it takes them. Now that takes an understanding of what they're talking about because a, sw- a swoop pattern or a swirl pattern, if you haven't seen some of that before, you're not a, familiar with that type of situation might not come out very well. So that's, that's when you rely on your experiences of, yeah, he's talking about something that sounds kind of odd to something else um, and pulling on that, on that piece of it. Doesn't, perfectly line up but where I was going to go next was know what you want to know before you ask the question know what piece of information you're trying to get that's the hard one sometimes but it's a it's a really it requires a little bit of forethought when you start asking that question when you Tyler if you, you take a swath example and you start asking questions about the swath you're asking a specific instance of uh, let's say you ask, what's the map look like versus in ground? He says it's a swathing issue. You want to know, what's the map look like? Does the map match the ground? You're trying to get to a very specific piece of saying, does the map match the ground? Because that tells me GPS issues or whether it's a timing issue. Those are two very key pieces of the comments. You're calling out or you're identifying, you're looking for forks in the road. You're looking for forks in yes. the trail mm-hmm. where yep. you want to force them or you want to pose, you want to know that you're posing a question that... One answer will lead you down one set of questions. Different answer will lead you down a different set of questions. Yep. And so the composition of, of, of knowing exactly what it is you're trying to get to, like what is the point of the question, knowing that makes a really big difference in how you get to it. So that helps you frame the question in a way that you get the answer you're looking for. So I had this one I was going to save towards the end because I wanted it to be a, a 
strong, like ending message, but it flows in right here. So I got to, I got to drop it in now. We'll come up with another one for the end. That's fine. <laughs> um, knowing where you want to go. It's also just as important that they know where we're like the person on the other end, the person you're trying to help. You have to be educational in this process the whole time explaining why you're approaching a question and why it's important for one answer versus another answer and educating them that they're providing you with a decision point that's going to influence the next few steps of diagnostic steps. If they know they're part of the process, they're on board, they're a teammate, they're no longer challenging you with fix this remotely, you have brought them on and they're a participant, they're a teammate now. That's And that actually is really good because a lot of times you're getting into the conversation of well, I need to know this. And like, why? I already told you this piece of information. And it gets more of a, a challenging, you're not challenging them on and questioning what they know. They're the ones that are seeing it. We have, I, I kind of have a mindset in my mind is that I can't see it. You're relying on them to be there. I, I, I need you to be my eyes. I can't see what you're talking about. I need you to be my eyes for me though I'm there. Can you give me this information? Because there's a, you've said something and then there's a piece that I'm looking for specifically that you haven't told me yet. Not saying that you're intentionally or that you're misrepresenting or that you're, that you're wrong. I just haven't heard that piece yet. And I need to get that question out of it. So I, I'm working with you to give me that one piece of information that I need to know. I was working with a new product support member here within the last year or two. And he took a phone call that the complaint was Delta Force was not working properly. And lots of a loss of ground contact, poor ground contact percentage on the 2020. And as I recall, the grower was upset with Delta Force, and rightfully so. What they saw was a loss of ground contact. What they felt they paid for was excellent, right, 100% in that metric. Um, and so they're kind of going back and forth about, okay, has it passed a health check and, you know, asking other questions and, and finally kind of got down to, okay, so let's take a step back a second. The way that we measure weight is when your gauge wheels touch the ground and push back against the depth stop, our load pin is measuring that. And then whatever you've set Delta Force to, say it's 100 pounds, we're just adding weight or taking weight off the gauge wheels to hit that number. So in explaining that, we said, can you, do you have somebody else there with you? And I think he did. He said, okay, I want you to go ahead and plant, and I want you to watch your depth stop. Or I want you to watch the gauge wheels. I don't remember what question we asked. And I want you to see, do they, are they spinning? Right? Because that would tell us that there's weight on the gauge wheels. So they did that. There was a pause on the phone for about 30 seconds. And then the grower came back on and said, well, sometimes they spin. But what I can't figure out is, why is my, why is my gauge wheel arm not touching my depth stop? Ah. Okay, at that moment, though, he is now part of the troubleshooting yep. process, yep. right? It's not us against, against maybe is not the best word, but it's not him defending or what's accusing. going on yes. against. It's, yes, yeah. he's now part of that process, right? Yes, we're in this together. You're right. Why is that gauge alarm not touching that depth stop? What do you see I as you're there? It. Yes. And this goes with a mindset of when we get on the phone with someone, and we're assuming that if you're listening to this, you're in the same mindset. When you get on the phone with someone who's called in to ask for support, you are their teammate. You're the reserves. You're coming in to help them. You're there to relieve them, give them support. You inherently think of them being on your team. The person on the other end calling support may be accusational in mindset. It's It just helps to make sure everybody's pulling for the same goal. Yeah. So, but that you can go into your point of you're trying to get them on the same to understand why you're asking the question that like you want them to know why. And to that point, it's like, so understanding what you're going after when you ask the question, explain it to the individual on the other end of the phone. So he knows what you're looking for um, makes a big difference. And I think one of the things that I, I think of is, can you ask that question? You're going after one piece in the, of, of tar one target. How many ways can you ask that question and get to that point? Which one is the best way? So I, I like to think through of one or two questions ways of asking that question to find out who's going to get, like what's going to give me the actual answer that goes with it. So you're talking about before you will verbally, before, before you will verbalize the question it, over the, try, over the try and think through before you verbalize the question over the, over the phone with them, think through, okay, I could ask it this way. I could ask him to go check. Is the gauge wheel stop hitting? Is the gauge wheel arm hitting the depth stop? Cause that would also have told you that same thing. Or 
is the gauge wheel spinning? Both of those are great questions that are driving to your same point, but which one's going to be the most effective for the customer to understand what you're trying to get to? And most so, often, and it's mo- the simpler question. It is. Mm-hmm. It is a simpler question. Uh, and so th- that's the reason I, I asked that question is what is it you're trying to get at? Understand what you're trying to, under, to, to achieve, what the information you're trying to get, and what is the simplest way for them to relay that information to you. And not in a way, there, there's a whole other aspect of that, but that's uh, the, the key thing is what can give them that piece of information to you. Okay. I just had this weird random analogy pop into my head. Well, this is always good when we do this live. I've, I've got <laughs> testing this at all. <laughs> Nolan flagged this one, this one, I get cut out. But the analogy that just ran through my head is, how much do you guys know about dancing? Uh, not very much. I Based on the like wide eyeballs here, well, like, let's just say it's not one of the reasons my wife married me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So in dancing, there's always a, you know, you're dancing with a partner. Hopefully, most often. Yeah, we're gonna pass that up. <laughs> <laughs> there's always one partner who leads and one who follows. Otherwise, you end up fighting for who's gonna go first or where the feet go. So that. This analogy breaks down a little bit because in a support call, most often the person that's being called for support or for assistance is thinking they need to lead, but there's often that you need to trade that back and forth. So in this dance, you have the onus, if you're being called for support, you have the onus of being the lead in the dance, being the lead partner. But you're giving that back. You have time. to give it back. You have to give it back to them and yes. give you to give you more information out of yep. it. That yep. requires them to be willing to also lead. Yes. Which is also a challenge because some guys don't want to take that leadership back and go with it. Or don't feel like that's right. And sometimes it just takes a verbalizing and saying, okay, thank you. I'm here to support you. I've got you. In order for me to get us the right solutions, I need this from you. Yep. Yeah, and we need to make this two-step this way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're fox trotting. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> See, Paul and Nolan are the only ones that actually know about how to dance. Tyler and I, we're just sitting over here. I, I'm I, guessing your wife didn't marry you for your dancing no, skills. She did not. Yeah. No, I have two left feet permanently. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when we think about phrasing a question, I think so both of you have been at Precision for longer than I have and have both helped me in this sense. One of the things that sticks out is I know you've brought up before, Paul, the idea of basically until we get to a point of the issue in the troubleshooting trees defining what component is at fault right up until that point a yes or no question may not be the best thing to ask i want some i want details right but once i figure out what component is causing me a problem let's say hypothetically we get to a point where we find out okay the air force compressor is not running Mm -hmm. then I want yes or no answers, right? Mm-hmm. Then it gets very binary. Is this happening? No. Okay. Is this happening? Yes. Okay. That gives me lines in the sands to get down to what I want to know. Yeah. My notes I over have over here, I label it out as you ask open-ended questions to gather information. You don't ask closed-end questions, yes, no questions, to bring in new information, What you want to do is get them speaking and uh, using as many examples and details and adjectives as possible. You ask closed-end questions, yes-no questions. You ask those to delineate or make your binary steps. I'm going left or right at this path in the troubleshooting process. So when you're trying to find out more information and get the dog on the scent, you ask open-ended question. Tell me about. Explain this. You used this phrasing earlier. In your example, elaborate. One word keeps you out of the conversation a lot. Forces them to continue to provide more details. Those are open-ended questions. The question or the statement, I should say, of Delta Force is not working right or my Delta Force isn't working, there are a slew of directions we could go with that. Mm -hmm. What do you mean it's not working? Gets them to tell you what they're seeing. Describe how... Yeah. Explain, elaborate, extrapolate. All of these are great ways to pull that bit out. Yeah. Yeah. As I think of it, I think of the broad versus narrow questions is the way I think of it in my mind. But your your binary versus closed ended or open ended 
broad or narrowing. Oh, the broad is narrow. It's great, too. One's narrowing the focus down to one specific thing. One is broadening the the conversation out to include a wider range of possibilities. And I'm guessing you will take the flow of a conversation and it will go narrow, wide, narrow, jump back, go wide. Yeah, so if they're giving you information, so sometimes guys will call up and say, give you a broad description, Delta Force isn't working. And sometimes they'll call up and say, I have one road that will not lift during a health check. Well, they've already taken me to a very specific point. I've a, I'm, I've got a pretty narrow conversation I can go down with it. But somewhere in the process of me getting narrower, they're going to get to a point where saying, yeah, it, it's been doing this for, 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 for two years. Like, okay, well, then let's go wide then. Let me back up and let's go to a wide conversation of, okay, so you said two years Let's go way back and explain did it happen at the start of of the system? Was it after or something? Now we're getting into much wider scope. Tell me more information about when this happened. So you're backing, you're you're widening out, backing up when you yep. want to get a get a reassessment. This is Bugs Bunny coming up out of the tunnel yep. to recheck the map and say, oh no, I took a left turn, yeah, or missed a left turn, yep. right? Yep. That's when you're doing your backing, getting wider to level set check. Yep. They took me all the way to the yeah. to the to the specific city map, to the city road map, and I'm actually in the wrong town. I need to be two towns over. And so that's the conversation of getting narrowing down versus widening back and going with the flow of the information as it comes in. So they're going to give you some information when you they first call you and you can try and take that information and try and take it one direction, but as, as that flow of conversation moves and ebbs, use that to widen your scope or to narrow your scope down based on, on where it's headed. So I think that's one of the key things I think of as it relates to questions. And you use the Being able to know when to widen and when to narrow. Yeah, you use my other note that follows on with that very closely is going with the flow. If the conversation of the flow is going one way, understand the flow. Or maybe it's not go with the flow. Maybe it's be cognizant. Cognizant of of where the flow is going because sometimes you have to stop the flow and say, okay, wait a minute. You're going this direction, but you just said something. And this goes back to that active listening part. You just said something that is throwing red flags in my head is that sounds like a 180 degree difference. You're going down the path of a hydraulic issue. And it sounds like it's going to be an electrical issue. And so something along those lines where you got to kind of know where, where to step back a little bit. Um, so use cognizant of the flow of the conversation. Use it as a way of guiding you, but also be willing to, when that active listening piece takes part, pull that out and go jump ship with where they're heading. They are, this is one thing I, I kind of remember think of as well. They're not, they don't own the the, the complete direction of the process. If they're calling you, you have the right to move the conversation into a little bit different area. And that's part of asking good questions to lead them into a different area than what they think they know. Yeah. I actually, I have one that can dovetail on that one. Yep. You're, you have the onus of driving or steering the ship, right? But that doesn't mean you can't ask naive questions. Yep. You can play the, I'm not present or I, I need some more background or I just got off of a different one. My brain's somewhere else. Can you, you know. And it, it goes back to the original question of they're your eyes. You're not trying to get them to tell them that they're wrong, but you physically can't see it. And we need them to be able to provide that information. Like, hey, look, I can't see that what you're talking about. Can we back up? I, it's not that I don't trust you. I just I don't have the picture yet. I don't have the picture yet. So those yeah. are a couple of things I think of. Yeah, and I, and I have no problem humbling myself and saying, hey, I, I just don't know. I need you to tell me this. Maybe you told me this already. Maybe you told my colleague. I'm sorry, I didn't get it written down. Please tell me again. Maybe re-explain it. Those are very helpful tools to ask the, hey, I've done this one before a lot of times. I'm not trying to be insulting. Are the hydraulics on? I have to ask. Otherwise, we're going to be a half an hour down this conversation. We're both going to kick kick ourselves that we missed something simple. I have to ask, are the hydraulics on? Yeah, that reminds me of a very funny story. When we first came out with the Gen 2 in 2012, we had a bunch of people that were testing for the the new display. And I took a call from one of our growers that was out in the field, and he was saying, I've been planting for 15 minutes. This thing's not working. I don't know what's going on. So we started going down the route of the questions. Okay, is this plugged in? And and going through the beta list, it, it was going through all that list of things, 
knowing what might possibly happen, what might this, might this be. And so then just really broad, broadly, and I don't know why, but I, I think it's because I know where we've been. I start asking those like direct questions of like, okay, is this, this, have you seen this happening with the display? No. Okay. Then let's move towards this part. This is, was this happening with this display? No. And then finally it was like, okay, these two things are not adding up. So let's start and go down the route of, are, is this thing even plugged in? So going back, he goes and starts looking, okay, this is plugged in here, following out of the tractor down to the hitch point. There's nothing at the hitch point. Then them actually looking at the planner and saying, "Oh no, this is the wrong planner. We have two planners. One has <laughs> one has the smart connector stuff on it. This one does not, and uh, I just completely missed it. So it's it's something that the spring he there planted just, for fifteen. He minutes? did. He planted for fifteen minutes, <laughs> just playing around with things, planting, thinking that the display was supposed to be showing something, but he was hooked up to the wrong planner altogether. <laughs> that calls out a good one, though. I mean, it's okay to be the one to throw the flag up and say, yeah. okay, we have hit a dead end. Exactly. Or you've given me two pieces of information which contradict each other. That can't happen. <laughs> yep. It's okay to back the conversation up and say, uh, we, we took a wrong turn. Sometimes when somebody describes a problem that kind of has me befuddled or it doesn't make sense, I want to at times ask, okay, can we try a different planner? So it's good to know that there are some troubleshooting examples where that, that does exist. Yep, there, that was one. So one of the, the great points that you brought up was that you're getting to a point where things just, like, you can't have these two scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually is goes along with, I think it's Paul's, or, or mine. You contradictions can't have a don't exist. Oh, yeah. Contradictions don't exist in, in actual, contradictions don't exist in a functioning system is the way I think of it. And so if you encounter that scenario where he's telling you one thing and you know something completely different, or he's giving you two statements about the system, he's like, wait a minute, that, you can't have both of those. You know right away. It's like, okay, one of these two things, he doesn't understand the conversation of what's actually going on. That again, is a great opportunity to take, okay, what you just told me, I, I know for, for a fact that we can't have both of those. Um, not saying that you're That's wrong. That's when you pull, you're pulling That's, out you're the pulling educational. The you're, you're going back to the... This can't exist because of these, and these. you get so education. let's go down. At that point, you get a really narrow question. It's like, okay, let me ask this, this, this. Let's take one side of this of this contradiction and work it all the way through and see what you come up with. Yeah, because so somewhere you're going to find something that's causing it. That's either that checks out, and then you know to go down the other path, the other side of it. So in and amongst, or we, we used the example earlier of widening and narrowing the funnel of where yep. you're targeting your questions, you're also tactically, or the way you're forming those is – open-ended being wide funnel, gather information. Then yep. you drill quickly yep. with closed-ended yes-no questions, get to an answer, back back out with a wider open question. Yep. 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 That's a very narrow. So in that, I don't know if you're going to get to this, but answering narrow my, narrow questions to the yes-no answers is a great, There, there is a, there's a, a easy way to help with that. And like a lot of times you can try to get to it. You're asking about a narrow project, but we're leaving it with a wide open question. Yes, yeah, so we're at the trailhead. Yeah. And you can yeah. take 10 steps down the first trail, say, nope, that's not it. Back, back out. But you you have to ask the closed-end yes-no questions to start going down that trail. Nope, back, back out to the trailhead. Ask some more open-ended questions. Get to the next trail. Ask some yep. questions. Start going down that trail. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, when COVID hit, it's just interesting, kind of popped in my head. My wife, I've been working that job, this job for support for 13 years and uh, she had the chance of listening to my conversations talking and asking questions <laughs> a lot over the phone and at the end of the day of one of the days she goes man your job really is hard <laughs> i said i've been working this for this long yes it's it's pretty hard this is what we're doing thank all you day. for noticing yes, thank you for finally noticing but to, to say to that yeah it's 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 going in knowing that you have no clue of what, what's happening and you have the next call that comes on is going to be something that's completely different. So you're also needing to, to, to do that quickly. And for some it's easy for some it's not, but being able to just go, I think it goes back again to that active listening. You can hear what's going on in the background. You can hear monitors beeping, listening to other stuff, not only to their, their, their voice, but also what you're hearing in the cab happening uh, can be some context clues and stuff like that that you can pick up off there. But I think one of the best things that I've done over the years here is really when you get that call on is trying to think about 
if you've ever taken, if you've ever called into other, another support place, uh, for like your cable company or electrical or something like that, they're always questions that are like somebody has written up some manager or something like that, that it's standard questions and all kinds of stuff. And they kind of make you frustrated. There's a predefined script. There's a predefined script. We don't have that. Nope. So as you're a dealer and as you're a, a support technician or something like that, you just want to try to put yourself a little bit in their shoes because, you know, spring is crazy, one. Two, they're probably going to be out in the middle of the field or you're out there joining them in the middle of the field. So they're going to want a quick resolution. And three, if you're not going to actively listen, then you're not going to get to that that uh, quick resolve any faster because you're just going to be looping around, looping around each other. Yeah. So we do have a script on the back end, which is the troubleshooting guide. The troubleshooting guide, guy, yeah. But so much of what we're, we're focusing on, the part of the conversation that starts before that, before we even know which troubleshooting guide to get onto. Yeah. I yeah. did have a note. Uh, I To package up the first half of what you stated there, I had very, like, double-starred in mind was communicating with empathy and patience. Yeah. Big keynotes of... Help them understand that you are on their team. Exactly. They've called for support, and you are the reserves you're coming in to help. Yeah. Empathy, patience, take time. Speaking of patience, another big note I have in here. I'm sorry. I have way too much caffeine today. <laughs> we have a really new coffee machine, and I'm loving it. Triple shot. Triple shot. <laughs> do you do anything less than a triple shot? No, no. I, it's it's probably just volume. So quantity. <laughs> quantity has quantity, a quality yeah. all of its own. Yeah, because before that espresso machine, you were always super calm, Paul. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But at least my left eye didn't wave at people. <laughs> what was the phrase you said the other day? You could... Yeah, one more shot of espresso and I'll be able to thread a sewing machine while it's running. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, back to where I was. Um Empathy. Oh, no. Patience. Uh, patience. 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 There we go. Become comfortable with silence. I'm trying that right now. That's not <laughs> working very well. The, 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 the note or the phrase that I wrote down behind, which I thought was just golden. I don't know, I don't know where I heard it or read it, but it said silence is the sound of thought happening. It's true. I, I'm not sure. I've heard that as well. I don't know where I've, heard, where I've read it. But that's um, brilliant. It is. It really is. And that's actually... I encourage you guys because a lot of times you might call me and you'll just like, I, I get the conversation. They'll describe their whole situation and then they're like, "Hello, hello." hello? Like, I'm yeah, I'm here. I'm thinking. I'm I'm processing everything you just said, and now I'm thinking through what piece of information I need. What's the What's the bit that I'm looking for, and then how can I phrase that question in a way that's going to give me the answer that I'm looking for? Um, so silence is good. You might have to tell them why it's why there's silence, but. Silence is not is not the, the the wrong thing to look for in the patience piece of it. Yeah, a well formed question is worth more than ten questions that you throw at them. The silence. So you're saying they have if you would waste more time than your silence. Yes. Asking random questions than if you, you just take a moment, align your thoughts, and say, go. go I want. It. I need to know this. I've thought of the situ- the description you just gave me. I need to know this piece of information about the system. This is the best question I can ask to get that information. The 10 seconds or 20 seconds it's going to take me to come up with that that whole thought process. Generally, it's about 10 seconds, actually. Most of you guys can actually come to that conclusion about 10 seconds. That's worth you asking two questions in the meantime and, and, and not getting the solution you're looking for. And 10 seconds. It's a very oh, long time. Long time on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, you have to know who you're talking to, too, because yes. there's going to be people that are just going to, Keep randomly, just keep on talking because they cannot stand any kind of silence. So they're just going to yep. keep saying stuff over and over and over again. And it's actually interesting because sometimes in the process of you sitting there waiting for, like, okay, he just said, he just said Delta Force wasn't working and that the hydraulics were working and the electrical was working. And you're processing that mindset. And before you ever respond to it, he'll launch into another description of something mm-hmm. in addition to what he already said. And you don't even have to ask the question. He's already given you another another tidbit of information that you never even asked. Yeah, that's saying, why, oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, that's why I said you got to listen to the background noises because you know those guys, they're just pushing buttons too. And hey, the button presses are one of the <laughs> Yeah, well, I want to touch on the button press, but you were just saying, so you will intentionally think out loud on the phone while you're with somebody or while you work with somebody. No, no, no. Not necessarily that in the context of, in my mind, I'm thinking through what he just said. And before I can even respond to ask a question, the silence gets to them and they launch into another description mm-hmm. of what else, of information piece that 
they didn't include the first time they 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 went through stuff, and it's like, oh, well, you just you answered the question that I or you gave me another piece of information that I would have had to ask you if I would have jumped in with a question. So I will actually. Like I, I, saying, I will, I will, I will conversation out loud with them as well. I will verbalize my thoughts, and and instead of there being silence, if I get someone on the other end of the line that's not comfortable, and it just they will not stop continuing to poke and poke, I will think out loud just to occupy the airwaves long enough for me to formulate my thoughts. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you on that. I think that's a great option. I just that pause is actually good. No, I do want to come back to your conversation. <laughs> yes, button presses. But button presses is actually one of the key things. When I tell yeah. someone to go set up, diagnose, and I hear 15 button presses in the background, I know that you did not do what I asked exactly. you to do. And that conversation is, is we're, we're going to have a, you let me know when you get the diagnose page. And I'm not sure what button presses you're going through, but when you hit the diagnose page, let me know. That reminds me of a conversation I overheard one of my coworkers say one time, having a similar uh, experience. Yeah. And I heard this coworker say, quote, what are you doing there? I hear you're pressing too many buttons. And he said it in a very nice way uh, of basically, hey, quit doing that. I'll, I'll drive here for a little bit. I'm blind. You can see what you're doing, but I'm just going off of what you tell me. And if you're on a different page, I'm more confused. <laughs> That's great. So, I, so to that point, I actually think this, I'm not sure if this is, how far down your path you, on your agenda list, Paul, but the, the concrete question of what we've asked, because we're describing the the button presses of the display, give the phrase your questions in such a way that the question, the answer that they give you is they can only give you the information that you're asking for. And some of that's related to if you're asking them to give you something from, a, from the screen, go to have them give them a very specific setup, diagnose, seating, What's the color of the SRM box is is going to give you kind of the exact color versus what can you I mean is the is the is it red is it green or is it just hey I have vac sensor in my display or my vac sensor is white okay did you set it up yeah no 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 set up systems. systems. V drive. <laughs> Read me what you have Do on this page. Have, does it say back sensor? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Describe what you see on this page. Yeah. Yep. It's far better than do you have it configured? Yeah. yeah. The, the do you have it configured is a very broad question when you're trying to get a very specific answer. Yeah. Um, and that happens a lot with Paul. You talk about it. Is the which which remote is that hydraulic system? Yeah. You don't installed? ask. Are the hydraulics on? You don't ask that question because well, that's, yeah, of course it is. So ask the question of that they can only give you an answer. It's like the the color of the simulator for for VSET. Um, do you have the simulator installed? Oh, yeah, yeah, you do. Okay. No, no, no. Go back to the meter, take it off, and tell me what color is the singulator. And if they, I mean, and sometimes I'll throw something out there that it's not. Is it purple? We don't have a purple singulator. Well, yeah, it's purple. It's not. It's not a chance <laughs> there's purple. Go go look at it and tell me what color it is. Um, so conversation around phrasing the question in such a way that they can only give you the concrete answer of, and, of what it is. And part of that's also, I would add, is framing it down to a to a a less complex level. Delivery, making sure that your delivery of the question is simple enough that a person who is stressed out enough to call for backup and support yep. and is in the middle of a dynamic environment can get you the accurate information over the phone or responding via text. Explain it like you would to a five-year-old. Yep. And so, and to your point, because the converse, the setup, the question of is the VAC sensor set up? The question we say, oh, did you set up the VAC sensor? In their mind, the answer is, oh, of course I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not that they're trying to, they just, they can't comprehend. Like, that's not a, that's not a basic level question. Go to the setup screen, V set seating. Is there a VAC sensor at the bottom of the screen? That's a basic level question. So to come full circle on this, the, the dealership, the, the friend of the show that we that got challenged us with doing this conversation also had a common phrase where he would always say, customers or you know, customers will lie. And he did not mean that they will intentionally, intentionally tell a falsehood. No, they're not, they're not trying to lie to you. They just don't know. Yes. They will repeat something that they believe 100% to be truth, even though it's not factually accurate. Yep. And that's the distinguishing piece is it's your job to understand truth from fiction and to pull those details out in a way that get you to something that's readily apparent to both parties 
where the problem is. Okay, so I think we've gone full circle by bringing it back to the customers will lie to you. Not intentionally, but falsehoods will be spoken unintentionally. That kind of brings us back full circle to the mindset, the framing, the sequence of, of questions. And we've shared some good tactical examples, but for this last little bit here, I want to make sure we focus on bring out some some of your best gems that get you from first request to the troubleshooting guide to the correct solution. I'd have to say for mine, my kids still make fun of me because they had to hear it over and over again. Is it a Gen 2 or a Gen 3? <laughs> <laughs> there's, the, there's the never-ending support mantra of, have you tried turning it off and back on again? Yeah, that's ours. Is it a Gen 2 or Gen 3? <laughs> so one of the things that I use a lot is it's part of the troubleshooting guide a little bit, but it's also what software version are you on? And that's not a, well, the latest or I just updated. That's never the answer that I'm that I'm asking. And the way I phrase that question is, hit setup, what's the software version? Read the software version to me on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. That's great phrasing. Yeah, especially for the last three years. It, it's been too, there's too many, so mm-hmm. there's too many software versions and there's too close to software versions and the latest might mean two different things. And so I really need to know what that version, the exact version is. The only way to do that is for you to read it off to me. Um, so having them read something off the screen to me is far better than anything else. So that's one of the first things that I think of when I'm, I'm talking through that context. Frankly, I think for me, it, it is just a matter of clear statements. What do you mean when you say X? And if what they're saying still doesn't make sense, I have learned that a lot of times the next best thing is send me a picture. Because I have yet to talk to anybody who says, no, I don't want to do that. Generally speaking, people are very willing to send you a picture. We can do that very easily from our phones now, nowadays. And so I guess it's to say, I like for them to clarify what they mean when they say, for example, Delta Force is not working. I have a problem with my V applies. What are you seeing that makes you say that? And if it still doesn't make sense, picture. A picture is worth a thousand words. Mm-hmm. If I can get a picture of what you're trying to describe, because, and this is not, some of this conversation is going to feel like we're picking on guys. This is not the case. No. I, I, I want to reiterate that that couldn't be any further from the truth, right? Like our whole job is to help people when they need help. Yeah. These are the tools that we use. Words are the tools that we use to help people. But, so like, yeah, sometimes if, it takes pictures. If you can let me see what you're seeing. Great. In a matter of seconds. Yep. Why not? Yeah. Yep. What about you, Paul? So if similarly, if I had a, if I had a dead patch in a, in a diagnostic process, if I'm going back and forth and we kind of stall out, or sometimes at the very beginning, if I'm not getting many details, I've got a list of questions that I will roll off that help me bring clarity pretty easy. So one, when did you first notice the problem? When did it start? When did, it, when did you first notice it? Very good. Right? Have you had this problem before? If so, when? When did it last work correctly? I feel I'm at the doctor's office right now. <laughs> And then lastly, right before I found that mouse, I think was (laughs) And the last part is, what happened between now and then? What changed? Yes, what changed? You you can tell me when it if it ever happened before, like something had to have happened. Again, it comes back to not being present or less being farther removed from from the information. The person who is at the information may not know what's relevant. These are five, four or five real quick questions that help them bring light to you. And, and it's funny, too, because it seems so practical, but I've had conversations <laughs> to your point of what has changed. I have taken phone calls where it's X is not working right. Okay, and then we'll go through a couple of other things, and I'll ask that question. What has changed? Nothing. All right, then you're kind of trying to dive into a couple different things. Okay, again, when was the last time this worked? Well, he planted yesterday. It was working just fine yesterday, and we pulled in, and we created this new field. Ah. What was that? <laughs> well, we created a new field. Uh, okay. Yeah. Now, yes. Now, yes. I, I, I. But if you walk them through those five in order, but, it just forces it out of you. But there's an assumption, too, that I think that, well, it's just a new field. That doesn't matter. All right. right. What little thing I changed 
doesn't matter. And maybe they don't even. There's likely not even a memory of I did that action. It's 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 real. Yes. It's it's standardized. I don't think of that as an action, where you know the person you're calling for help may recognize that as an important detail. Yeah, I had a guy that that had Delta Force that was complaining about Delta Force ground contact, and he said, "I don't understand why this field's so bad." And I said, "Well, did anything change?" He's like, "No, it's the same tillage tool, same everything." And I finally said, "You get out and just scrape away the top of the dirt profile." And he ran a VT a vertical tillage tool an inch and a half deep. And so he was constantly getting the 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 planter was going from two inches or it was just over two inches, and so he was going softer, harder, softer, harder all the way across every three inches. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Well, it's not working." Yeah, I said, "That's not gonna. That's the challenge that you're running into." He said, "But in his mind, nothing had changed in that field versus the previous field, but somehow they changed the the tillage pass, the depth of the tillage pass, and didn't realize it. And so nothing had changed, but something had changed." Um, and so that to your point of challenging that conversation of what has changed um, from previous, that's a really tough situation to go through. Of, of you got to pull out the pieces that you're looking for that you know might have been some changes that they don't think are the changes. Paul, can I jump in with another kind of uh, a general guideline, if you will? Please do. Okay. It is the idea of or in the encouragement to remove assumptions. Yes. And I'll give you an example. Because I'm kind of big on examples, if you guys haven't noticed. We like for the examples. We like examples. I know that when we came out with the Gen 3 monitor, there was a time that someone had called me, I believe, saying that they weren't building a map. And so we went through 15 to 20 minutes of, it's not mapping, it's not mapping. Have you tried this? Have you tried this? Have you tried this? Until there was some detail that made me stop and say, hold on a second. Is this on the iPad or on the Gen 3? Well, it's on the iPad. Ah, I immediately assumed you were talking about this Gen 3 monitor, and I was wrong. And it it will get worse the later into the season you are. Anybody who's talked to me in the third or fourth week of May, we are 9, 10, 11 weeks into the heavy diagnostic window for us in product support. In May, if I get a question, a call in that says, hey, my, my... my swath is wrong, right? 90% of the time, it's lift, switch, or speed. I'm going right down those two alleys. No big like, And I will you know, get so far down the run before I'll have to step back and say, hey, I need to, I need to remove my assumptions that it's going to be one of these two. I honestly need to start at the beginning with each one. Otherwise, I run the risk of wasting time with any individual customer of... Going back you to the got to be careful about getting too narrow too fast. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's that's, that's, that's the way of saying it because that's what happens is that we and the thing is is that we've heard the conversation enough that we already have an idea of where we're going, but there's still a lot of pieces because we're dependent on someone else's mindset and someone else's v- comments of what they're saying that drives us where we're actually going to go. So you still you got to do that broad broad area collection of, of information before you take it straight down to the. Emil used to blast me on. I would an assumption being made on it being a software issue. They're on this software. That must be the problem. Uh, challenge back, double back around, yeah. do the honest diligence. Yep. Oh, it ended up being this little problem over here that was hardware related. Yep. Right. That's hard to always remember that piece of it, that it's not just, it's not the preconceived idea. And it, even though you've had that exact same question 15 times in the last week, yeah. It still doesn't mean that it's going to be the exact same solution. It's a good challenge to keep ourselves honest. Sometimes, too, it takes asking that a broad question multiple times, right? And it just does. rephrasing it. It really does. I mean, there's now you've talked you talked about that a little bit when way back we talked about in this episode the gauge wheel, right? Is not asking, you know, do you have ground contact, but asking. Is the gauge wheel turning, right? I forget how you phrase that. Is, is the gauge wheel turning or is the gauge wheel arm contacting the mustache? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You, myself, and one of our coworkers were on call one weekend, and I think you were the one who finally got the detail to break this loose. He's looking at me. This is audio, so you yeah, can't see you. this, but he's pointing <laughs> and looking at me. <laughs> I didn't want to name names because you still have a chance to back out until I name it. Um, but it was a gentleman that I think had his tractor power connection backwards power and ground were crisscrossed yeah so essentially we're the talking way polarity backwards or the can extension where 
the polarity backwards. Okay. So, so here's what I think it happened. After going through and talking to myself, after going through and talking to one of our coworkers, he had been fighting this all day and finally got you, myself and another coworker had made some suggestions on here's the next thing to do. And the reason that we had left the phone call was he was going to need additional tooling to go do that. When it finally got to you, you went through some of the same steps myself and the coworker had, but finally got the detail out that when he broke out a voltmeter, he was getting negative 12 volts Yeah, instead of 12 volts. And some of that is, uh, we had a similar one. It was, this was on a late Friday night where I think you and I were handing a customer back and forth and... Um, we were we were we thought we were struggling with a uh, a fast flash on SRMs, and you know that's a can communication problem. Fast flash on SRMs that's a can communication issue, and we're chasing this back and forth. I talked to him, you talked to him. We're probably two hours into this conversation, and he's finally back at the planner. I'm like, wait a minute, can you, can you just describe what you mean by a fast flash? Like, this is gonna sound silly, but when it blinks, you say the word. Blink to me over the phone so I can verbally hear what you see with your eyes. Okay. <laughs> so he does. <laughs> and and instead of it being blink, 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 blink in a nice uniform rhythmic pattern, he goes blink, 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 blink. <laughs> like, wait a second, what? And he goes, I wish I could, des- I could describe it better, but it's like it flickers and then it's off. And then it like half lights up. Wait a minute. This isn't, this isn't communication. This is power. Within five minutes, we had the faulty wire identified and fixed. All right, so it can be silly, but get someone to to verbalize what they're seeing with their eyes. Also, a good opportunity to stop and thank Paul for cleaning up a lot of my messes as being an on call partner for me for the last five <laughs> oh, years. Oh no, this I'm just highlighting the half of the ones that I've fixed. <laughs> You've fixed mine half as well. Uh, to your point, Paul, I, it's a great conversation, but I think what you, you touched on something there that's a really good point is you want to ask questions that can give you the visibility in your mind. So the type of questions that you ask, the idea of going to give me the blink pattern uh-huh. of the light is you phrasing a question to the person on the other end that allow you to visibly see what they're talking about. And that can take a lot of different forms. Some people do a blink. Some people do you, however you want it, what it is that you're looking for. But you're phrasing the question that gives you the visibility to it. And so it's a lot of different ways you can come up with that that's prior to your communication style and your visit, the way you think. It makes a big difference for it. I think the other thing I'll jump in here with, and this is, again, something that both of you, uh, all three probably have instructed of me at some point, is one question at a time. Ooh, yes. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And I am very bad about this. Because I will ask sometimes two and three questions at a time. One question at a time, and to Paul's point earlier, patience. One variable. Patiently wait for the answer. Yep. One variable, get that answer, get that tested, and then move on to the next one. I may have three questions in my mind. Yep. Prioritize them one question at a time. I'd probably have to say that's the one thing we've told probably every person that's ever tried to be a diagnostician. I can't even say the word. (laughs) Diagnostician. Is that one question at a time? Because not only are you going to start to confuse yourself, the other person on the other line is going to start really questioning what you're asking too. So, one thing I will throw on top of this as a kind of on top of the one the one variable at a time, phrase your questions in a way that can help you have a concrete answer as to whether it's a mechanical issue or electrical issue. Um, so, if you're testing a hydraulic system, kind of move yourself down one path or or consciously know what piece of that system you're testing when you do it. So it's a big piece of the pie to, to help me understand how to answer ask the question. Know which piece you're ruling out when you ask that question. That's a great detail and almost got, like got me excited. You're going back to that that closed end. You're decided. You're creating a fork. I'm much more ha- happy about closed end questions than broad questions. I don't like broad questions that much. You're going to you're, you're gonna close them in. But, and, but you're using uh, uh, an electrical versus a mechanical yep. or a hydraulic versus a physical. Yep. Like you're, you're trying to delineate systems as yep. well with your questions. Yep. And That's great. It's, it's a great. I mean, when you think through your questions and you're asking the questions, try and phrase the or, or ask the question down a specific path that you're trying to get to. I want to I rule out my electrical pieces of it. I want to rule out my mechanical pieces of it. Phrase your questions such that you can rule this piece out and that piece out. So that circles back over ground pretty well. And I, we've kind of belabored this from a bunch of different sides, but just to make sure we cover everything or, or highlight everything, 
type, tone, sequence, framing. Those all matter heavily. Listen actively. Ask one question at a time. Open-ended questions to broaden the funnel and widen the scope. Closed-ended questions, yes-no questions, to drill down and dial in on a, on a situation. Know, frame, know what you want to ask before you ask it. Take the time to frame your questions specifically. Be comfortable with silence. It's the, that is the sound of thought. I love that one. Go with the flow. Know when to not go with the flow. Be, be cognizant of the flow. Cognizant of the flow is a good way to say with it. Yeah. Be educational. To them explaining what you're doing. Yep. Teach along the way. Remove your, remove your assumptions and biases. We didn't spend a lot of time on that, but that's actually a huge mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, explain it like I'm five. Dumb it down. Simplify the process and the question. You might have to go to three for me, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, mistruths may be stated. Just because they state it doesn't mean that it's true. And yep. just because they stated it doesn't mean they misled you yes. intentionally. Yes. That's much. I like this better than the, the old, oh, that guy lied to me. Probably didn't intentionally. I think it's another good one. You brought it up earlier to say with that contradictions do not exist. Yes. If, they, if you've come up against one, that's a dead end. Check your assumptions. There's a problem. And that's not out of line to say. There's yeah. a way to flavor that, but say, okay, you had said this and you also said this. So in the way the system works... Those can't be mutually exclusive. Can you explain those a little bit more? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can You can definitely get them on board. Make them your teammate on, on figuring out the problem. We've got the uh, send me a picture. Give me more tools. Bring more tools into the diagnostic process. When did you first notice the problem? Have you had the problem before? If so, when? When did it last work correctly? What changed? Those are the, the four lead-ups, but then you get to the key of what changed. And hopefully you can pull that one out. Speak with empathy and patience. That's hard to do May 20th. <laughs> I find it more of a uh, pre-coffee, post-coffee thing. <laughs> Did we miss anything in that quick recap? I had a coworker tell me this one time, and I thought this was really good. And the longer I work here, the more I tend to believe this is that if you're on the phone with somebody for more than 45 minutes to an hour, it's something easy and obvious. His words were, it's something that's got screwed up. And in the line of questioning, it's been overlooked, or you didn't ask the question well, or they assumed what you meant, something like that. And his point was basically like, if you've been on the phone for somebody for that long, and you've covered all the bases, start back over, frame your questions a little bit differently. You know how the system works or should work. Something got missed. So reframe your questions because somewhere along the lines, the two of you miscommunicated. Is that Nate or Bennett? Ike. Skid one. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. It actually really is. Most of the time, if you're on the phone for that long, we have missed something basic. We've miscommunicated. Yep. Pitch that one in there. To to not place blame, we've miscommunicated. I didn't ask a question well or... You didn't answer it in a way that jived with what I was looking for, right? I was honed in on an answer, something like, we've miscommunicated somehow. That's a really good one. Any others that we didn't catch in the recap? I want to make sure we cover everything. Touch on it twice. I think you covered everything there back on the recap there. I'm glad you did that recap. I felt like a little bit we, we took a little bit of kind of a buckshot at this at times through the podcast, but those were the things that we had nuggets that we wanted to hit on, right? We had takeaway teaching points we wanted to hit on. And at various times we explained what those meant, but I'm glad you did that recap. That was and, good. And I was jumping back and forth in my notes here. Do I need to like write the list down and flat capture it in a straight heavy line or is the way I did it? Okay. The way you did it is okay. And we could have sat here for hours continuing to talk about this subject because we're all into it. And it's yeah. heavily coming up here pretty soon to be spring, and we're really going to be diving into it. And we've had a bunch of stories from our past experiences that we could really bring into that too. So trying to cut all that down to the takeaways, I think you did a really good job. Okay, so on that note of spring, I want to bring something up. Because when we roll into spring, the Smarter Every Season 
podcast is going to take a little bit of a format change. Flavor change. Okay. You're still going to get it from the same sources you always have, and we're always available at Smarter Every Season at precisionplanning.com. Thank you, Paul. What we do for 10 months out of the year is to sit down and take a very deep dive into matters with ourselves, with guests, whoever is brave enough to join us. That usually lasts about 45 minutes to an hour. As spring rolls around, we kind of feel it's the duty of this group to shorten our podcast down to about 15 to 20 minutes and use this platform to really hit on what are the four to five, I'll say. Don't don't hold our feet to the fire on four to, four to five. It's whatever we have time for. Right. But we're going to really try and keep it to that 15 to 20 minute yep. time frame. What are we seeing from the field that is helpful that we can relay through Smarter Every Season? Current events, key takeaways. And so it's probably not going to have as as jocular a feel as what we typically have for a standard episode the other 10 months out of the year, aside from April and May. We're going to try and get down to business as best the, the four of us can. <laughs> so it'll probably just be in a lot of instances two voices and something that you can listen to quick in the morning, in the service truck, maybe even at the end of the day. Again, really focused on here are the key issues that we're seeing so that our, 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 our team, our RM team, our dealer network are informed and can be proactive on correcting those issues. Yep, And it's more like the, it's the context of what's the hot topics that we're hearing in product yeah. support. Like as we're going through the season and we're going through those 10 weeks in the spring, what are the things that, are, that we, just, we hear them several times and they're, they're causing pain to, to our dealers, to the customers? What can we pass along that helps you guys out? So with that, I think we can go ahead and put a bow on this episode. Paul, would you like for me to do that or would you like to do it? Oh, well, he has gestured to let me do it. And I will. And so with that, I want to thank everybody so much for listening to this episode of Smarter Every Season. I will add, I'm not sure exactly the exact date when we're going to jump into the once a week spring flavored episodes Stay tuned. We'll let you know on that. But until then, thanks so much for listening. Hope you join us again on Smarter Every Season.